for me, social wellness is just, you know, it's a lot about being able to, number one, reflect to understand what is it that drives me, number one, and what is it that just really kind of like someone pokes a hole in my gas tank and all the gas just runs out? Helping people understand, look, what is it that also that you need to do, not just professionally, but what is it that you also need to do personally that helps helps fill your tank, help keep you encouraged, and just creating an environment that people are okay to reach out when they're struggling. Hey there, and welcome to this month's edition of our podcast on social wellness. As you know, each month we will be interviewing people both inside and outside of our organizations to talk about the different dimensions of wellness. And this month I am excited because we are talking to our very own Becky Burton. So Becky's current role is SVP of operations. However, She has held other roles inside the companies, including EVP of sales and marketing and CEO. So with over 20 years of experience in our industry, she is certainly, certainly an expert at all levels of the business. Now, what I'm excited about is that she's here to talk to us how she maintains her positive attitude, her social wellness. And it's just going to be really exciting to hear how all of her experience, whether it's with Fibra or in many of the other facilities and companies she worked for leading up to her time at Vibra. But I'm really excited because Becky and I are going to talk about social wellness, how we can all engage in social wellness, regardless of where we work and how we work inside the organization. So I'm really excited. And with that, let's just get started. Well, hey there, Becky. It's good to talk to you today. Hey, Todd. It's great to talk to you as well. So I told uh, everyone in the beginning, in the intro, a little bit about your background and and your leadership roles. But is there anything else you wanted to tell us about your background you felt like was sort of important? I'm an RN by background. I've been an RN for, gosh, 25 years now. And started uh, started my career, of course, working in the hospital level, actually as a, a nurse tech way back in the day. And just have, have just grown over the years into uh, kind of where I, I currently am today. And uh, it's been quite a journey. You know, one thing that's one of the great things about being a, a clinician is, you know, there's there's just so many opportunities for us to uh, to really find our passion. And it relates to caring for patients in a variety of ways. And, and this has just been my way, you know, through, through my journey here. But on a personal level, my goodness, I'm married. I've got uh, been married 30 years now, have three children, oldest of which is 29, youngest of which is almost 23. All three of my kids are in healthcare as well, which is fantastic. Wow, we could probably have a whole discussion about the changes you've seen over your career just in the RN space or in the nursing tech space. I, I bet it's so much has changed. Absolutely. More, uh, you know, and it just seems like really in the last, you know, really five to 10 years, it just seems like things have moved on to fast forward, especially as you look at payers and, and just, you know, just healthcare in general. And then of course, the whole past couple of years with COVID and how we manage that both, both personally and professionally. So. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think, I don't think people really understand outside of the medical profession. I don't think just everyday people totally grasp the enormous uh, pressure, the changes, the technological demands, the patient demands that a nurse goes through on a daily basis. I just don't think we can grasp it. I know I had COVID 
last year and it was pretty bad. And I had to go to the hospital one night. And I remember just this nursing staff, no matter, I, I could tell they were exhausted. They, some of them had probably been there 14 hours and they were just going through it. They were being kind. They were, they were caring for everybody, but you could tell they were just, they had to be completely stressed and exhausted. I, so I just, I wish people could understand a day in the life, right? Yeah, no, no, no question. I, you know, I think for just the general person who, you know, everybody really knows what COVID is, right? You see on the news, the number of deaths and you see some pictures of nursing staff and, and you can kind of, you know, you can see that they're, they're tearful and, you know, wearing a mask all day and all of that. But, you know, it's so much bigger than that, right? It's the fear of knowing, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the hospital and I'm going to give it my everything all day long, knowing that I'm going to come home to children, for me, grandchildren as well, a spouse who's, you know, immunocompromised and, and the pressure on that to make sure that I don't in turn bring something home to them, right? So after you're in the hospital, you strip in the garage, you wipe down with sanitary wipes, you all of those things that, that I think just people don't understand what goes into that. So the physical work is absolutely taxing. The emotional and mental piece of that, I would say, may even be more, more stressful to, to folks who work in the hospital. And it's, it's not just the nurses or the RTs. It's every single person that, that works in a hospital has to, yeah. has to carry that burden. Yeah, it's really interesting you said that, too, because I, I think about how much I personally complained about COVID because I'm very, I'm a person that likes to be out with a lot of people, which kind of gets us into this social wellness discussion. I love being with other people, you know, communicating, whether I'm, you know, interacting face-to-face one-on-one or with groups of people. I, so COVID for me was difficult, but I have to put myself in check when I remember those nurses. I remember those people that were, you know, I, here I am complaining, oh, I can't go out to coffee with my friends. Meanwhile, they're like in this perilous environment of, of trying to survive. So, you know, it really put my, my focus in perspective, but, but it right. kind of gets me into this social wellness aspect, because I'm sure in the medical space or in the corporate space, we are all faced with now you know, and people are coming back together, but do you see a trepidation in the, in the medical space with people getting out socially or are they relieved to do it? Or are they concerned in general with COVID or with, or with being kind of integrating back into social life? Yeah. You know, I think from a clinician standpoint, there's, there will always be trepidation. However, for folks who work in a hospital, right, that's what we do. We deal with illness. We work with people who are contagious with, with different types of infections and diseases and, and all of that. So for, for us as clinicians, especially, it's the focus is just, hey, making sure that we take care of ourselves, that we protect ourselves however we need to based on whatever it is that's out there. But because I, I think more the nurses were so bothered by, and, and when I say nurses, I should say clinicians, but were so bothered by the fact that our patients couldn't be surrounded by their loved ones, especially as they were going through really trying times, even going through the dying process. And so that probably drives us as a group more about getting people back together. That's probably more of our driver than being worried about what else is out there because we can protect ourselves against those things. And, and we're trained to do that. Right. So making sure that we're, that we're in an environment where people can feel loved and supported and, and all of that, 
because you know as you talk about just social wellness as at a whole you know i am i am a social being and i need to be around people and i need to hug and high five and add a boy and and all of that but i also need that for other people and so the right. fact that 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 wasn't allowed to happen was a huge huge stressor not just for myself but i i believe for clinicians as a whole yeah i i think that was as well so so you know when we wanted you to come on this podcast and talk about social wellness, it was because I had heard through the grapevine, so to speak, that you were someone who really has harnessed the aspect of social wellness, but done so in a beautiful balance is the way it was described. So, so I don't know what that means other than that's what I was told. So do you want to take us through how, do, how you know, cause we are talking about this month, social wellness in two ways. We talk about every month, uh, the wellness dimensions in two ways. One is sort of this internal focus, so our mindset around something, in this case, social wellness. But then the other piece is external focus, what we actually do. And some of us are more outgoing than others. So it's probably different for other people than it is, you know, for someone like myself, who's very, who likes being in groups. But we talk about that in two aspects, that internal focus, the mindset, and then the external focus, which is actually physically doing things. So could you kind of tell me, what is your thinking around social wellness? What does it mean to you? Maybe help us define it. Yeah. So for me, social wellness is just, you know, it's a lot about being able to number one, reflect, to understand what is it that drives me? Number one, and what is it that just really kind of like someone pokes a hole in my gas tank and all the gas just runs out? So just self-reflecting to understand and making sure that, that as part of my day that I focus on those things so that I am always bringing in things that, that keep me motivated and encouraged because I have a team that I know is struggling too, that I also needed to keep motivated and encouraged. And we have, you know, I have a team just that reports directly to me, but also we have teams all across the country and everybody was struggling with the same thing. So helping people understand, look, what is it that also that you need to do, not just professionally, but what is it that you also need to do personally that helps, helps fill your tank, help keep you encouraged, and just creating an environment that people are okay to reach out when they're struggling. Because I oversee sales and marketing, many of our folks are, are extroverts. So, so to have a team of people that in general feel extra isolated when they have that internal drive and need to be around people can be extremely, it can be really saddening, I guess, if that's a word, right? It just, it yeah. just makes you sad because you lose that connection. So making sure that, that people were okay to just pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, can we just chat for a few minutes? And to be quite honest, Todd, very seldom did we talk about work right? We talked about home life and how are you managing different things? And you know what, what, what are some ideas that you've tried that work for you that maybe I could try and we could share with the group. And so once we kind of understood that, then we embraced Zoom. And, and I'll, I will tell you, while I think Zoom works, I don't love Zoom because we miss the, we miss the personal touch. Yeah, right? I, I agree with that. Your, right? Yeah. So I can see your face but I can't, but I can't hug your neck, right? I can't high five you. I can't feel, feel your vibes that you're putting off because we're together so that I can, it helps me read what I can do to help support you. And so, but we did leverage Zoom a lot. And rather than just doing work Zoom calls, we did fun Zoom calls. 
where we said, you know what? I don't care if your hair's in a ponytail on the top of your head and you have zero makeup on. Let's just get on the phone together and let's just talk about life. Let's talk about our kids and our families and what our challenges are. Work, work will wait, right? Yeah. It will be here when we get back to it. And we'll have a call about work later, but for now, let's just talk about us and how we're doing. Yeah, you're, you've touched on something that I talked about in the video series a little bit, just how much our, I think our social focus, our focus on community, our focus on a more holistic life approach has really changed, you know, where, you know, work was one thing, like you just said, you know, it's so much more about the person than it is just about the work. And I think that's been a fundamental change through COVID. And it sounds like you've seen the same uh, aspects coming forward. But what do you suggest to people who say, you know, because a lot of people still are going to work from home if they're in the corporate space. A lot of people aren't afforded the luxury of working for home. And, and so how do we reintegrate in your mind or how maybe some things you've done to really get people out in the workspace, you know, not just zoom calls, but have you been successful at trying to get your team to engage in person or to go do things? And what kind of things are those maybe? Yeah, so, so we've done a couple of things. So, you know, we do, while we are kind of have embraced a model of partly working from home, partly coming back to the office. So that's, that's one thing is we've encouraged people to come back to the office, even if it's just a couple of days a week, so that we can all reconnect. You know, we talk a lot about water cooler talk or break room talk, right? There's so much that you, that you learn about each other and, and just the energy that you get from each other from standing in there while you're fixing a cup of coffee or getting something out of the refrigerator that, that you talk. So encouraging people to do that, but also encouraging people, again, to your point, get, get out, right? I'm, I am perfectly okay if we're doing a conference call and you are walking around the block. Oh, that's great. Right? Like take, just put your, put your headphones in, take your phone and you stay off camera for Zoom for 15 minutes. That's, that's perfectly okay. Go for a walk and let's, let's talk. And, and so we've just, we've made those things okay. Because, you know, you think about it before, you know, if you're on a, on a call or in a meeting, you're expected like you're, you're in a room, you're in a chair, right? Everybody knows, oh yes, they're in their office. So changing that thought process for me to say, I don't care if you're sitting at the park, right? Get right, some right. fresh air, get some fresh air, get some, get some exercise, just meditate for a little bit. We, uh, we've picked up some books. We've, we've read some books, you know, and just understanding how do we, how do we pull together as a team? Again, it's all about support. And so it's, it's funny, uh, Todd, because I've, I've always been a, a very supportive person, but this is a whole new level of support, right? Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure yeah. it is. Before it's like, take your PTO, like make sure that, you know, all of those things. Now it's like, I, I absolutely want you to focus on you. And as your, as your leader, as your coach, as your mentor, you tell me what is it that I can do to support you in making sure that you take care of your social wellness, whatever that means, right? If it's something that's way off base, we'll talk about it. But for the most part, let's just say, how do we create an environment? Because again, get, get, get out of the house because so many people became so fearful that they didn't want to leave. Right. So now the pendulum kind of swung one way. Now we got to pull the pendulum back at least to the middle and say, let's find a balancing act here. Yeah. That, works, that works for you personally and professionally, because this is what I know, Todd, if I do that and my team knows and feels and how much I care about them, 
the work will the work will get done right we'll meet our objectives we'll do all of those things if they don't know how much i care about them as a person and their personal their personal wellness then that also translates into the work in not not as much of a positive fashion yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. You know, one of the things that I brought up in the second video of our series this month was about about engaging because a lot of people I think don't know where and how to engage work socialization. You know, there's that traditional let's go get a drink or let's go eat, right. yeah. but that doesn't need to be the only way. And, and you're coming up with some other ones here now that are really great. But I, I'm also wondering from a marketing perspective, is the organization doing and, and if so, what are they doing around like community events or events at different facilities that are more focused on, you know, er areas where if I work at a particular uh, building or facility or somewhere, I can get involved in those events. Do you have things like that that are happening? Because my understanding is that you do. I just didn't know to what degree. Sure. Yeah. You know, those events pretty much all shut down. Uh, over COVID just for, for everything that we've been talking about. So we are just now starting to be able to have some events and do some health fairs in our hospitals where they can invite the community and they can come um, do some open houses. Because, you know, it's interesting for our types of hospitals, unless you've needed to come to one of our hospitals, you're not going to know what we do. And so what's been the a, a huge blessing for us as a just an industry is we were a game changer for, for hospitals that had a lot of COVID patients because right. we could take care of those patients. That's what we do. Mm. And so the, the ability now to be able to now invite people back in to say, come and see our hospital, come see how we can take care of your loved ones and be part of the community. So now we're back doing community events for the, with the heart association, right? And the stroke groups and and those things are chambers of commerce whenever they have, you know, barbecues or welcoming other businesses and, and just getting out there. So we're, we're, like I said, just in the last few months have really been able to go out and, and do those things, which is, which is great. Yeah, that is great. And, and I, you know, I think as things continue, you'll be able to do that even more and people probably are, will be really excited about that. That's, that's really fantastic. Sure, sure. Uh, and just as a real quick sidebar before I go, that, I just was going to tell you just some of the things that we did during COVID, right? Whenever we could oh, go yeah. to our hospitals, we would put stuff in our trunk. I don't know if, if in your area at the, around Halloween, we do in our area, what they call trunk or treat. Right? Yes, so you put of course. stuff in the trunk, people come by, you just pass candy out of your trunk. I will tell you, Todd, we sat up in parking lots in hospitals and would put stuff in the trunks of our cars. Oh, so wow. that so that yeah and so sometimes we would have ice cream right sometimes right. we would just have fun stuff so that as people walked by the car we could just offer something just a, just some kindness out there just put a smile on somebody's face because how random is that that somebody from Viber Healthier is going to be standing in a hospital parking lot and give you an ice cream that's so because, incredible that's right just because we just want to put a, put a smile on somebody's face so just wanted to hit that point too no that's a great point and i think you know people have forgotten it was so easy to become isolated so quickly, you know, and, and isolation is so, I think so dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous medically if you just look at mm -hmm. statistics mm -hmm. and studies, but I think it's also one of those things that we can break out of and doing things like that. I love to hear that you did those because it reminds people what it means to be human, which is not about isolation in the slightest, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, I lost my father. Um, actually a year ago in May. And so 
I will tell you that while he had been ill, I absolutely believe as his daughter, but also as a nurse, that the isolation is what drove him to just will himself to go. And, you know, I will, I will never forget because he told me, actually, we were celebrating last Easter and my sister and I were there and she's a nurse as well. And my mom had stepped away and my dad said, you know what, girls, he said, I'm, I'm done. And I apologize if I get a little teary out of I talk. Oh, that's okay. He just said, I, I cannot do anything that I've loved to do. You know, he was an avid fisher and a hunter and hunter. However, he was an avid, he was like, that's where I get all my social skills. I get them a hundred percent from my dad. Yeah. And he, he was raised in an orphanage. And so he needed human connection. He needed hugs and he needed kisses and he needed family and he needed us to sit around the campfire and sing and, you know, play, play the guitar. And, and that's, that's what kept my dad motivated. And I will tell you as COVID hit and it became less and less possible for us to do those things, I started to see a, a rapid decline in him. And then again, he just told us, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. And, and two weeks later, he, he was gone. And so I, it just it just reinforces to what your point about how dangerous isolation is for people, not just, you know, not just physically, but but emotionally as, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are countless studies that talk about that, not not just in people who are older, although I think that that is super critical when you're aging you know, like your father and like my, my parents are in their seventies. So sure. I, I respect that journey, but I think there's also this other dynamic for all age groups, Absolutely. you know, even my own teenage children really struggled with being completely isolated during that time. Now what I'm seeing in them, and I think there's real hope for people listening to this as well. They just, they, their passion was being back out with at least one person, you know, even if it was just one friend, they were passionate about getting out there. And that's what I keep telling people during this series, especially around social wellness, you've got to, for your own health, your own well being mentally, emotionally, physically, you've got to at least go for a walk with one person, mm -hmm. at least yeah. get connected to one person, at the very least. Do you have any other ideas for people that or I'm guessing you feel the same way, but but do you have any other ideas? I'm sitting, you know, if I'm working a 12 hour day, and you know, and I'm not in the corporate office, I, let's say I'm in a facility, and I I come home and I know social wellness is important, but I'm just dog tired and uh, yeah, it's the last thing on earth I want to do. What do you suggest for those folks? Yeah, I, 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 to I totally agree with you. And I, I do think it impacts all age groups. But I, the first thing I would say is be intentional. Put things on your calendar because what happens is you get off work, you have nothing to do. So you go home and you're, unless you have people at your house, right? You're by yourself. And so be intentional, intentional about scheduling something. So if that is for our hospitals, you know what? You've got your tennis shoes on, you're in scrubs. There's no better thing than to grab a friend, go walk two or three circles around the outside of the, the hospital when it's nice outside, Yeah. right? Meet at the mall, go, go walk together. And, and I use walking a lot because just the, just the fact that you're exercising and you're moving kind of brings your anxiety level down anyways, and it allows you to just be more open, which is why I, I go to walking a lot. But I do think meeting someone for a cup of coffee, right? Meeting someone for lunch and just having some conversation, have some small groups, right? You probably know of your friends who who's vaccinated, who's not, who you're okay to be around, who's not. Um, just keep those things in mind and plan some things. Go to the movie, right? You can go to the movie theater 
leave a seat between you if that's how you're most comfortable. Right. You don't have to sit right next to each other, but you can have great conversation, eat some popcorn, have a, have your drink, but but spend some time, join a book club if that's what you love so that you can have dialogue. Church groups are out there, right? So whatever it is that, you know, I think I'm going to go back to what I very first started at this, understand those things that make you feel encouraged and also the things that drain you. Spend some time with other people doing those things that make you feel encouraged. But I will tell you what I know this about myself and probably true for a lot of people. If you are not intentional about getting it on your calendar, you won't do it. You'll say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And sometimes, Todd, it's about setting a goal, especially when you've been super isolated. Okay, this week, three times, I'm going to do something outside of my house. Right. And two of those three, I'm going to do it with someone else. Yeah. Not just by myself. I love that. Setting a roadmap for yourself, because I even had to do that for my team. I was like, Becky, you have to sit down and get these things on your calendar, because if you don't, some something else will need you and you'll gravitate there. But if it's on my calendar, I will I will absolutely live by that. So so that's really kind of my suggestions. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I, I'm so encouraged by by hearing you and, and and all the focuses that the organization has put on people really thinking about their wellness socially. You know, we're, we're covering all these dimensions over the next eight months, but I, I'm just, I'm so encouraged to hear that support. I think it's going to be important for others to also hear that. Absolutely. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, with Wayne and his team, you know, we've put what we call oasis rooms in all of our hospitals. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yes. That are just rooms. They have a massage chair. The lighting is dim. They've got nice, nice low music. So, you know, great, you know, pictures on the wall. That's just a very calming environment. So when an, an, any, anybody in the hospital, right, just says, hey, I just need to go just shut down for 10 minutes, right? They have the opportunity to go do that. We also have a group of, of fitness folks here at, at the office and they send out workouts to the to people and you can do the workout and just different things like that so that we can also stay connected, connected mentally and, and somewhat physically through some of those things, but also then uh, emotionally as well. Wow, that's really incredible. Well, to wrap us up today, I just have one more question. I just want to say first, I just really appreciate your time. I think this will help a great deal of people, uh, both inside the organization and out, who are really trying to figure out how to reintegrate themselves in a way that's thoughtful. So I really appreciate that. And so if you had, as we look forward into sort of the future, and we're getting out more and more, we're interacting more and more, do you have any, you know, any last minute advice for anyone listening about social wellness, about how you see it, about your energy around it, or just about what you see for the future, just anything around that you could leave us with? You know, this, this is probably not going to be the answer you're going to expect, but what I'm going to say is my first suggestion as we move forward into kind of a whole new world is focus on the things that matter because we get so distracted doing a lot of things that we stay, we get busy being busy and we forget about the things that really matter. And I mean that personally, I mean that professionally. And so, so I'm going to say that's kind of what my heart says initially. My, the second piece of me says, you know what, inspire people, get around people, wherever it is that you can go, where you can make a difference and put a smile on somebody's face, do it. 
because it's good for them. It is really good for you. Right. Yeah. Focus on those things. But, but I do, I, I absolutely believe we, all the things will lighten up and we'll be able to get back in groups as you're seeing now, you know what diseases and things are always going to be there. So let's just know we have to do the, the right thing at the right time to make sure that we protect ourselves. Given that don't be so fearful, right? Embrace, embrace the challenges that, that come ahead and let's figure out how do you navigate those. And last, but certainly not least, I'm going to say is when you're struggling, reach out and ask for help. Don't, don't be afraid. It doesn't matter if it's, if, if you're walking through the mall and you know, you're down that day, sit down somewhere. I guarantee you, somebody will sit next to you, right? Just strike up a conversation because often, Oftentimes, just talking to someone about the most random things makes you walk away feeling better. It doesn't always have to be a counseling session. Right? Right. You can talk about just the most random things, but don't be afraid to connect with people. People are, people are for the most part, good, and they want to do the, and they, they're probably needing the same things that you're needing. So that's kind of, I know it's a lot of things, but I, I absolutely, um, at my, my heart, uh, know that that's where we need to go. No, I think it's fantastic. I love everything you just said there. And it's a lot for people to choose from, which is also awesome. So Becky, thank you so much for talking to us. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. I've made my heart happy to do it. So thank you so much for the invitation. So thank you for listening to this month's social wellness podcast. Remember each month we'll be interviewing people both inside and outside of our organizations as we talk about the eight dimensions of wellness and how you can apply these to your own work and your own personal lives. Make sure you check out this month's videos on social wellness and we'll talk and see you next month.